Welcome to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Goodbye, baseball, a walk-off winner for Mitch Hattiger. Swing, line, drive, this game is over! Goodbye, baseball! Mitch Hattiger ties it up here in the bottom of the ninth inning. James Paxton has just thrown a no-hitter. The big lefty is getting mobbed out of the Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Hey, welcome back, Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Great to have you back once again. Thanks for being here. Mariners have played the Astros in a couple of games. We'll review those two. Mariners have split so far in this three-game series. A chance to take the finale tonight before an off day coming up tomorrow. And then three games against the Texas Rangers, the final three road games of the season for the Seattle Mariners. Game one against this Astros team was a thriller. We'll get to that in just a second. Brian DeLunis will be here, a long conversation with Rick Riz. That's always fun. Josh Kearns is back with a, another tremendous feature, this one on retiring officer Mike Hargraves, which is really, really good. So that comes up in a few minutes as well. Let's get to that game one, though. And it hinged on a big moment late in the ball game as Daniel Vogelback strolled to the plate with the Bases loaded and the Mariners trailing. The 1-1 to Vogelback on the way, swinging a drive deep to right center field. Going this one is gone. Goodbye, baseball. Grandma, get out the rye bread and mustard. It is grand salami time. Daniel Vogelback with a pinch hit. Grand salami here in the top of the eighth inning. Holy smokes, and the Mariners have the lead. Four to one over the Astros for Daniel Vogelback. His biggest home run as a Seattle Mariner. Vogelback clears the bases, and the Mariners take the lead with two outs here in the top of the eighth inning. Four to one. Holy smokes, what an at bat by Daniel Vogelback. A packed house stunned into silence, the grand slam, which is pretty incredible. Vogelback going yard. Mariners win the ball game 4-1. to Edwin Diaz locks down another save as he continues to climb the list. Now third alone all-time in saves, which is just incredible. So the M's take game one of the series. Game two would be a different story as Houston blanks the M's 7-0, a four-spot in the third inning against Leak. Uh, and that, that was really all the Astros needed as they keep the Mariners off the board, win game two. So the series split heading into tonight as the Mariners take on the Astros in game three of the series. Mariners looking for the series win. It's going to be an interesting matchup on the mound tonight. The Mariners going with uh, really TBA, I guess more of a bullpen day, which worked out pretty well last time they did it against the Angels. Dallas Keuchel will get the ball for the Houston Astros here in game three as the Mariners look for a series win. Interesting conversation before the game yesterday. Aaron Goldsmith, Mike Blowers, talking about that Daniel Vogelback home run. And it's interesting to get Mike Blowers' perspective on that and what that can mean for a young player. Mike, what a moment last night for the Mariners, but specifically for Daniel Vogelback. Pinch hit, grand slam, doesn't get much better than that, does it? Two days in a row. <laughs> I mean, he hits the home run in Anaheim. Uh, you know, I think for, for nothing else, just to gain a lot of confidence in what he's doing. And then last night, that was, that was awesome to see. 
Um, you know, you get to this point in the season, and here's a guy still trying to find his mm -hmm. way, not sure what his role is going to be. Probably wasn't even sure that he was going to get a chance to hit in that game. But Scott calls on him, goes out there with the bases loaded, uh, catches up to a, a plus fastball, and hits it into the seats. What a moment for him. And, and you know, to me, I, the more I thought about it, and even seeing some of the highlights after the fact, after we talked about it after the game last night, um, just thinking about what was going through his mind as he was rounding the bases it's just awesome, you know, and then the way that the guys in the dugout received him as he came in after that was it was just really, really cool um, to watch all of those things. And more importantly, probably for him, um, it adds more confidence to what he's doing as he's trying to figure all of this out. He had the home run early this season at Safeco that he went to a place where a few men have gone yeah. before, right? The home run over the sign for the hit here cafe. But when you think about a young man who has had some frustration since coming to the organization, right, there have been legitimate questions about his defense when he has been up with the Mariners, when he has gotten extended playing time like we saw this April, it was a struggle for him. And when he has been in the role that we saw last night as a pinch hitter late, he has typically had to face the opposing team's best reliever. Yep. And he faced their second best reliever and maybe their best last night. And Rondon, and I just couldn't help but think what that must do for a guy, especially late in the season, right, uh, in terms of just some momentum through the winter, having that moment, and not the, to say Daniel Vogelbeck has arrived, but just a real galvanizing big league moment. There's a couple of things for it that, that just listening to you talk about it, Aaron, that I think of. Um, one, he's hitting with the extra, extra guys, okay, because it's all these September call-ups. MVP. And, and, yes, and batting practice. And so you don't really feel like you're a part of anything. You're just kind of going through the process and watching the games and listening, and you're learning. That, that's the point of it all. But you don't feel like you're a part of the team. In his last two games, he's a part of the team now. So when he's taking his batting practice and doing things, he's doing it now like, hey, there might be a chance I get a chance to pinch hit tonight. I'm, I might be in this game. I'm going to prepare myself and get ready for th That's a totally different feeling altogether. The way you watch the game is completely different. He's the only left-handed hitter on the bench tonight. Picks to click. One of you guys better pick him coming off the bench uh, tonight. Uh, It'll be amazing. So I, I think that, you know, for, for me, I, I think that there's all of these different things. But more importantly, it also, for him, I think gives him the confidence that the things that the organization has been talking to him about is real, it works, and so he can go into his winter getting ready to win a job next year with all of that stuff behind him and concentrating and really narrowing in on some of the finer points of this thing because, you know, with Daniel, look, you mentioned his defense. Um, his strong suit is never going to be running the bases. He doesn't need to go up there and take a bunch of pitches. It's nice to have on-base percentage guys. You have to have them to win. He's not that guy. He is somebody that needs to rake, hit the ball in the gap, give up on some average and on base percentage, and take some chances and get after the fastball. And every now and then you're going to be wrong, and you're going to strike out a little bit more. Especially in today's game, the way it's played, sure. that's your guy. So um, I think he's realized that and because, because the results are starting to show up for him. Rick Ray is a chance to sit down with Mariners bullpen coach Brian DeLunis. Chance to visit with Mariners bullpen coach Brian DeLunis. And Brian, uh, out there in the bullpen, you've had a front row seat to watch and experience one of the most incredible years of any reliever in the history of the game of baseball. Eddie Diaz comes into last night's ball game and picks up his 55th save of the year, Brian. Third most in the history of the game. Only two other guys with more, Francisco Rodriguez with 62 and Bobby Thigpen with 57. From your vantage point of working with this kid, what makes Eddie Diaz so special? I, I, I think that it's just the, the stuff. First of all, I, you know, the, the, the fastball plays, obviously, it puts guys on high alert. And, 
when he tunnels that slider off of that fastball down in the zone, it, it I mean, even the best hitters in the game almost have to guess one pitch or the other. And, and when the, and when the slider's down, even if you're guessing, you know, uh, fastball and, 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 you know, you're not going to be able to lay off that slider. It just, yeah. you know, every now and then you saw it last night, he'll, he'll, he'll spin one, it'll back up on him and stay up. But, you know, for the most part, when he's tunneling both of those pitches, they look exactly the same for such a long time. And, and when you're doing that at 98 miles an hour, 99 miles an hour, uh, the slider last night you saw 91, 92 miles an hour at times. It, it, it just is, you know, it, it, it makes it almost impossible to, to be competitive against him as a hitter. Brian, earlier this year, uh, early August, we go to Houston and you guys sweep aside the Astros in a four-game series. You win the first three games. Eddie has saves in all three. And then you want to give Eddie a day off. Yeah. Now, in game four, something happens. The Mariners come back and grab the lead. And Eddie told you to tell Skip, if we get the lead, I want to pitch. And he comes in and he saves game four. Four saves, yeah. four games. What does that tell you about Eddie? Well, I think it tells you that he's, you know, how competitive he is. You're not going to go out and get 55 saves without being ultra competitive. And, and you see that in, uh, in his uh, mannerisms on the mound. You see how much he cares um, he cares about winning, uh, you know, just all great attributes. And, it, you know, yeah, I mean, for him to, you know, he's watching the game and he's wanting to win and he knows that we were in the hunt, you know, for the for the playoffs and we need to win every game we can. And, and uh, you know, he just came down to eighth inning and he, and he looked me dead-eyed and, and, and said, you know, Poppy, we get the we get the lead. It's it's my game. I'm pitching. You call, And, then he, you know, I said, okay. I kind of smiled and, you know, knowing that we all knew that it was kind of his day off. And then he looked at me again and he's like, I'm not joking. He's like, you call him. And I said, okay, I'll call him. And so the phone happened to ring at that exact moment. And Mel had called about who was coming in in the eighth. And I said, hey, I just want to let you know, Eddie says it's his game if we get a lead. And sure enough, you know, we get the lead and he comes in and gets the save. And he almost did it. I think he threw seven strikes in a row. It was just like so businesslike of him yeah. to get that done. Yeah, that was amazing. Alex Colomay has meant so much to your bullpen. Yeah. You have one of the most dynamic one-two punches at the back end of a bullpen. Uh, tell me what you see in, in Alex Colomay. Another great job last night. Yeah, you know, and, and another, again, I, I don't know if people know. I mean, you know, another young guy, um, you know, comes from a starting background, and, and so he's simplified a little bit. Um, just a pro's pro out there, um, you know, very – uh, a very uh, good approach in terms of how he gets loose and how he how he goes about his business. Um, you know, again, kind of a stuff guy where the fastball he's got you know pretty good location of a mid nineties fastball, but the cutter looks so much like the fastball for such a long time. And you see really really good hitters who who will you know put really bad swings on that cutter when it's good and and um, you know it, it just is. He, he, you know, again, it's it's a lot like Eddie with the fastball and the uh, and the slider. The fastball cutter combination for Colome is uh, it's it's just a lights out combination. He he does a great job out there. He's very very low key laid back uh, guy. It's not an excitable. It's it's like he and Eddie are kind of polar opposites when it comes to that. Uh, Eddie's the excitable guy that sometimes you got to kind of calm down and. Colome is kind of the guy that sometimes you got to get him, you know, hey, let's get moving along here. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, to watch those two guys up, up close and personal, I think uh, Alex has more saves than anybody in the game over the last two years, yeah. you know, before this year. And so you've got a lot of experience at the end of the games out there, and it's, it's been, you know, uh, obviously great for me to be able to get down there and get experience with those guys uh, doing their job the way they do.
You have 14 guys now down there in the bullpen. Yeah. It must be kind of cramped down there. Matt Festa is a kid who comes up from AA Arkansas. Played a big role in that win last night. The Mariners were down early 4-0. He comes in, throws two scoreless innings. What about Matt Festa? What's his story? Yeah, I, you know, Matt's great. I, it, and I think it, it speaks volumes to him. And, and what he's trying to do is um, after the, 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 the day he pitched the other day, uh, right away, the very next day, he came into the clubhouse and he asked me uh, if we could go look at some video and, and, and give him some ideas of some stuff to work on. And, uh, you know, I think he's looking at it as he's up here to get better, get experience, get, uh, um, you know, get some information in, in from, from these guys and, and kind of learn uh, from the guys he's around. He's around a bunch of good guys and, and veteran guys. And, you know, again, for him, you know, we talk about it down there is, is, is come in, everybody do your job come in get it clean to the next guy and and I thought it was huge for him to be able to come in and, and get us through those two innings in a scenario it gives us a chance to get back in the game and ultimately we end up winning it but he's got some pretty good stuff you know it's it's the fastball is uh I think we've seen a little bit more uh juice to the fastball at times but uh still can pitch and then he's got a really good slider when it's in the in the zone at the bottom of the zone and you saw that last night with a couple uh, couple punch outs that he had yeah, the kid did a great job. Everybody a great job last night. Even the bullpen day a couple of days ago yeah, that was yeah. outstanding. And uh, you don't see many of those, but no. in the situation you were in, everybody got it done two nights ago. Yeah, no, those guys have been great. And, and you know, again, it, it is a little bit challenging with 14 guys down there to make sure that everybody's, you know, happy, so to speak. You got a few guys down there that haven't pitched in a while, but everybody's, uh, you know, taken in in stride and they kind of understand what we're trying to do. And um, you know, we, we're still getting guys work. We took uh, uh, Grimm and Rumbelow down to the bullpen yesterday with Mel, and uh, got some got some individualized work in. And uh, you know, it's 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 fun. I mean, it's just a, some different personalities kind of added to the mix. And you know, I'd be amiss to say if it, you know Vincent has done such a great job in that seventh inning role. Sean Armstrong, since coming up, has, has been outstanding in that kind of sixth inning role. And uh, and that makes all the difference in the world when you've got Colome and Eddie at the back of the game. And then you've got a couple guys that can get them the ball, um, you know, get it, get it to them with a lead. It's, it's that's the difference in the in, in, in you know winning and losing games right now. So, it's been fun. And Josh Kearns is back. Ladies and gentlemen, each year on September 11th, we're reminded of the sacrifice and service that so many Americans make when they enlist as not only members of the military but as first responders. Tonight, the Mariners are proud to recognize a special guest who has served as both right here in our community. Mike Hargraves has heard the introductions countless times over the past 40 years of Mariners baseball, but he never imagined he'd hear his name called. Delivering tonight's ceremony of first pitch, please welcome for the Seattle Police Department, Officer Mike Hargraves. It was the honor of a lifetime for the veteran Seattle police officer. He's been a fixture at Mariners games since the team started in 1977. And you could say he worked his way from the top literally. I started working on the third level of the King Dome because there were old timers then and you waited your turn, did your your penance so to speak and work till your turn came. I went to the second level and the press box and I even had an office job like what similar clerking and then down on the field eventually I got to relieve guys on the field and then I came over when we moved over here I've always been on, I don't know the rest of the stadium, I'd get lost if I had to go out of here because I've only worked the field, the dugouts here in Safeco. You can't miss Mike, he's the silver-haired fox who saunters out of the Mariners' dugout between each half inning, keeping an eye out for anyone who'd even consider coming out on the field and accosting a player. 
Hargraves never even intended to be a cop. My mom saw an ad in the paper. I was working at Safeway and then Warehouser, and I was fresh out of the service, and I'll go try that. I had an uncle that was a Nevada Highway Patrolman, and I just walked down and tested and took the physical, the written, and the oral all on the same day. If I didn't get this job, I was going to get another job, you know. <laughs> but I had no driving desire to be a policeman and just... And I was really young and single, so healthy. I didn't, I didn't care about the benefits either. I didn't realize what good benefits we had then. So He's been there for all the Mariners' memories and gotten close to many players and coaches, but never too close. Get buddy-buddy with him and not close to him, but I mean, in everybody's mind, Lou Pinella is... He's the man. He's the one that stands out. Even a lot of times the players and the managers, they don't talk to you much. I'm every so constantly reminded they know who I am because Larry will they'll say something to him. Fortunately, I must have been doing something right because it's not a bad comment because if they didn't like it, I'd be gone. But Pinella was, he was the most fun to be around and most fun to watch, you know, and I, Jamie Moyer, when he wasn't pitching, he used to sit down on the end of the dugout and shoot the breeze with me, but and it wasn't about baseball. <laughs> and then in the old kingdom, we had a spot, they called it the bunker, right dead behind home plate. And they decided after a while they wanted to put some officers behind there in case somebody jumped over the side right near home plate there. And I mean, you were right behind the catcher and then the pitcher and some of those guys, those heat merchants, you know, I remember Goose Gossage and a couple others. You could see that thing coming in, you could see the batter, and I'm thinking, my God, I'd rather go on a man with a gun call than face that bat that pitcher out there. As for favorites, hands down, it's Ken Griffey Jr. But Mike did wish Jr. might keep his hands to himself a little more. He used to then prank with me sometimes. He got third out, he came in from center field, and he got... I'm standing looking at the stands, not, and it took me a couple times, and then I learned, because he'd come by and whack me on the, on the rear end or whack me on the back or something with his glove, mainly just to see how I'd react. And Then it got, sometimes he'd come up and grab me around the neck in a chokehold. After a couple months, he started, he, he went on a pinching kick. Oh, he'd come up and grab the inside of your leg or something, and, I'm trying not to display, and people can see in the sense any reaction, but boy, there were twice. He lit me. He doesn't know how bad he lit. It hurt like a son of a gun. <laughs> Lou was really watching that because he knew what was going on, and I, I wasn't going to let Griff know that. Yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't going to tell him to stop. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was. A, that was. You know, just a little bit of challenge to give him no satisfaction, no smile, no nothing. As he winds down his 50-year run, he does it with few regrets and a full heart, though he does wish he'd seen the M's make it to the World Series. Yeah, we came close. And that would have been nice, but I'm, I'm a realist, and, you know, that's a tough thing to do. It really is. I had probably the best job in the police department. I had it for 33 years. And I decided, no, <laughs> stick with what you got. And when that ship sinks, I'm going to go down with it. And 
I'm glad I played it the way I did. And for one glorious moment at Safeco Field, instead of watching the crowd, the crowd was watching Mike Hargraves and giving him a well-earned round of applause for a half century of service. Delivering tonight's ceremony of first pitch, please welcome for the Seattle Police Department, Officer Mike Hargraves. I just want to get it there on the fly. <laughs> I'll be happy. Nice pitch. Thank you so much, Mike. Oh, and he accomplished his goal of getting the ball to the plate. At Safeco Field for the Mariners Magazine, I'm Josh Kearns reporting.